great console crusade podcast. Um, all right. <laughs> <laughs>Constant Crusade podcast. It's been so long. We're out of practice. Okay. Speak for yourself. We did a we had a we had a wonderful recording talking about Metroid and Doom. We did. How did that feel being able to record that and not have to cater to the lowest common denominator? It was a little bit empty, not having you there to really bring us down. <laughs> <laughs> so the energy on the pod was uh, notably <laughs> mellower than normal. Yeah, weird. Who could explain that? You hmm. guys kept your shit talking to a minimum. Wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. We were very civil, which makes for bad listening. <laughs> I enjoyed it. I didn't even know what the fuck y'all were talking about at the time. So it was no different than if you were here. Oh, touche. I'm EJ Olson. I'm with Nick Durheim and Chris Gillyford. You guys, if you're listening to this, you freaking know who we are. It's been a, <laughs> it's been a while. It's been a while. I am only here today to talk shit to both of you. Nick it was a valiant effort. Chris. Well, we'll talk about you later, but our fantasy draft, our first fantasy draft ever, 2021, <laughs> has come to a conclusion. Nick, let's just dive right into wrapping up 2021. Give us a little breakdown. Where, where are we at? And then we'll, we'll dive into the nitty gritty of how this played out. EJ d- defeated us with 180 points after 17 released games. I came in a close second at 177 with 18 released games. And Chris was in a, a pretty distant third with 86 points and uh or no 79 points that was just projected because the projected and the actual are still different this website for some reason 78 points with 12 releases uh the name of the game is don't pick six games in your opening draft that don't come out in the year (laughs) (laughs) we'll talk about it what do you have to say for yourself chris (laughs) it wasn't actually that many but it was quite a few what i have to say for myself you know uh i i took a big swing and i fully recognized my strategy was i was either going to laugh all the way to the bank or i was going to go down in spectacular flames and my ass is immolated so there you have it yeah it's tough we learned a lot there were things that were not clear to me personally that i May or may not have tried to clarify during the original podcast. Mixed mixed uh, opinions on that, but there are things I did not understand that I think will help everybody going into the next year. I think it was only you that didn't understand whatever it was you don't understand because I don't even remember. You never made it. You never asked any questions. You never were like, hey, what does this mean? You, you never asked for clarification whatsoever. My my big thing was the on the counter picks. I thought... I would get points for counter counterpicking something. I thought I would get you would po- if it did badly. If it did badly, I thought if it didn't release because I picked stuff that I knew wasn't coming out, thinking that that would benefit me, and obviously it didn't. It did benefit you. I only lost to you because of my counterpicks. No, your counterpicks benefited me, but my counterpicks, where I counterpicked Chris, you're the only one who didn't lose points because of your counterpicks. That's you true. counterpicked very well. <laughs> You want to talk about counterpicking and the fact that my dismal year was made even worse by the fact that I counterpicked both Psychonauts and Halo Infinite, which I still contend did not yeah. come out as it's two thirds of a complete game. But that is not what we're here to talk about. Chris would have been in, in the triple digits if he hadn't counterpicked the way he did. <laughs> and I would have beaten you by more than 20 points if I didn't have my counterpicks dragging me down. Dude, okay. <sighs> so you, you, your, both your counterpicks were my games and you lost. A measly eight points on Bravely Default, but you lost 18 points on Deathloop, which is brutal. Chris lost 17 points on your Halo pick, 
and 19 points on my Psychodog Stupic. That is brutal. And you didn't lose a single drop of your points. I do like that we all had at least one game that was just a total, total bust. We all got a game in the 60s. And that's EJ with, uh, was yours is Biomutant <laughs> with 67. So Ooh. negative three for you. Mm. Chris picked, uh, what was that? The hood? The hood. <laughs> <laughs> hood, Outlaws and Legends. 66 minus four and i totally took a huge bath on fucking battlefield that was actually reviewing okay for like a week and then everyone decided you know what this is our chance to shit on ea yeah wow <laughs> and they got a 65 wow minus so minus three minus four minus five okay i gotta say and i want to go through a few notable picks for each of us but i am shocked at the whiffs that you had nick that should not have been whiffs mario super or mario golf super rush pokemon bdsp like, should have been, I think, at least in the 80s, just given the, the, the status of those franchises. And it's I'm blown away that you combined for six points on those. Well, I mean, Mario Golf, it was a risk in its own way to do a Mario sports title. Mario Tennis did not do well. Um, there hasn't been, like, a good Mario Golf game since 3DS. So, I mean, we were hopeful. It looked really good. I mean, it showed really well. And then it was just an empty kind of experience when it actually came out. And that really bit me in the ass. I think a lot of what I would like to change for uh, this upcoming year is when we're doing our pickups, I would like it to be not like we're telling each other what we're picking up, but I would like to have a sort of, hey, I'm picking this game up or I'm not, I'm picking a game up. I'm picking two games up this week. And then you guys get a chance to be like, okay, what is he picking? Should we try to guess what he's picking and counter pick it? That kind of thing. I would like there to be a little bit more interplay in that way because just looking through how much we spent on pickups it was a lot of okay chris picked up 10 games for a dollar each this one week and there was no like counterplay there was no sort of interaction in that way so i would like to either have a limit on the amount of picks we pick up in a certain week or i would like it to be that we have like a four-day period to like let you guys let each other know when we're picking something up and then you, you have the chance to react Potentially, if like a game is announced and like it's E3 time and suddenly we're all trying to scramble to pick up these games because that was the most fun was like when Metroid around E3, it was us like trying to get WarioWare and Metroid and all these different games that were announced. It's tough just keeping up with things. I know, Nick, you do. but Chris and I do a lot worse job of keeping up with things. I didn't even consider because I'm an idiot that when I, I made a bunch of my pickups, OK, Ghostwire Tokyo, Bio Mutant, Oddworld, Stray. Famicom oh, Detective Wolf. Club 1 and 2, Scarlet <laughs> Nexus, Neo The World Ends With You, Humankind, and Turnip Boy Commit Sax Evasion, I picked up at the same time. And this is before any Nintendo Directs, any PS Showcase. This is before E3. Like, I made all these picks thinking I got to get these games for cheap, not taking into account that I only have limited number of slots, not taking into account things are going to be announced and released. Some of the things that didn't work out for you, you know, Advance Wars. Yeah, I thought that was a safe pick because of, I mean, I knew it was December and that's late, but it was announced this year. Yeah. So I thought, you know, maybe that's that should be locked in. Well, what about but stuff like Death's Door and Eastward? Those were on my radar, but they it was before I didn't know that they were coming out this year. Right. And then as soon as I knew they were coming out this year, I was like, okay, that those are both from, those both look really cool. You yeah. know, like Eastward looked like it was going to be a, a new indie darling, Death's Door. Similarly, you know, so same with like Toem. I played the demo of that from the summer, uh, the Steam summer demo, like Deluge or whatever they call it, where it was just like a th like a hundred demos. And that seemed like a 
a cute little indie game and those were all easy like 10 points each death store i think got like an 87 like that that was a a huge come up for me really yeah 18 points that's the biggest thing for me looking into the next draft is not taking maybe as many swings you did mostly okay it was it was something like notable like biomutant really fucked you uh, odd world was a bit of a a bit of a wash but i think mostly you did it all right it was this chris that ended up taking some risks and a lot of his uh, pickups didn't come out and the only you only had uh how many games did you have that you actually drafted that didn't come out? It was five of his games didn't come out that he drafted. Yeah. By my right. count. Yeah. Which is just unlucky. Picked up didn't come out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's unlucky, but it was also, you knew the risk. Well, God of war. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it um, was foolish. Lego Star it Wars was, was surprising. Yes. That had been delayed a lot. I think that was when it was announced. I think it was supposed to come out in 2018 or 2019. It's just been pushed back and pushed back and pushed back. And what's well, got a new date on it. Chris, going into the 2022 draft, where is your strategy shifting? How, you know, what, what are you doing differently this year? I think the big thing is if I'm truly skeptical that something is going to release, I, I have no business drafting it. Like, uh, I did think that maybe there was a chance, although I should have factored in COVID, like God of War, maybe, but like Final Fantasy was not coming out. Breath of the Wild 2 was not coming out. These were these were just very big. I hope this comes out and I could ride this to the bank because we don't know what's going to happen at E3 sort of things. Um, yeah, I just I no no blind swings. I'll, I'll put it that way. No blind swings. I'll, I'll take some I'll take some educated guesses, but I'm not taking any any blind swings. Uh, I'm also going to balance my budget a little bit better. How much did you spend on Metroid? A lot of money, EJ, but also <laughs> at that point, I only had two, two. I only had two slots left. Yep. And so I was kind of like, because I went on like a $1 spending spree like Nick was talking about and just grabbed a ton of stuff and a bunch of it panned out for me. And if I had uh, drafted initially a little bit better, I mean, yeah, I could have been a contender, but um it was not to be. <laughs> it was not to be. So I'm going to... Uh, I'm not going to let our fans down. Big Balls Gilly 4 will write again. Uh, Big but- Balls! <laughs> I, listen, I think that's the biggest thing. I, I respect you for taking the swings because of any of those games that come out, it had been huge. But I think of what we learned, knowing that we have, the year is so long and things, especially in the COVID era, they get announced and boom, they're out three months later. So like patience, I think is the is the key. You know, things like God of War Ragnarok, that was sketchy last year. Games like that don't need to be like Breath of the Wild Two doesn't need to be drafted by anybody, unless you're crazy. But like that can just that can wait, and if it gets announced, then we go into a bidding war over it, right? And yeah. so in that respect, it's like swings don't we don't need to really take swings. I think my only swing in my initial, as far as release date, there were a lot of swings I took when it came to quality of content. Looking at you, Bravely Default, but I obviously uh, looked at Elden Ring. It's sort of my big swing. And I missed it by three fucking weeks. That's unfortunate. And what, Gran Turismo is shooting for March? That was another one of your drafts. I dropped that, right? I dropped. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, it was drafted. Yeah, I forgot about that. that I forgot about that. I see all. Yeah. Luckily, I was able to drop it because Forza Horizon 5 was my very last pick, and that saved me with 24 points. Shemigami Tensei picked up. It came out this year, but that was part of your initial draft as as well, and that gave you a good 16 points right there. Yep. 
I would say my 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 most uninformed pick was Psychonauts two, not knowing really anything about the franchise. No lucked out on that. That yeah. really could have gone in anyway. It really, I mean, that could have been a seventy seven all day. But I mean, just it's an old old game. You know, thankfully nostalgia came in clutch. Yeah, I think nostalgia goggles really helped out this year. I think it helped out with like Metroid score. It helped out with Ratchet and Clank, and it helped out with Psychonauts. Even something like It Takes Two. I was not expecting that to get the huge points that it really did. Yeah, it well, was the best reviewed like game of the year for a long time, and that was one of my pickups. Just because people were really glowing when it came to previews a couple weeks before it came out, so I managed to sneak in there. I picked it up on the 6th of March, and it came out the 26th. Going into this year, I don't know anything. I know three games that are coming out this year. God of War, <laughs> Horizon, and what was the third one I said in the group chat? I can't even remember right now. Elden Ring, because I picked it up last year. So, yeah, I, this is going to be a very interesting draft. Nick, you're, you're again, the projected favorite just based on your knowledge and your involvement in, in this world, whereas mine is casual and cursory at best at this point in time. I tried to delay this draft because I wanted to do my homework, but you were just you just freeballing it like last year. It worked out for me this year. Let's uh let's let's switch over to figuring out the rules for this year. If there's anything we want to change, you can kind of run us through some of that. Yeah, I would I would like that. Um so are we cool with the total number of games that we had? The total of twenty and the initial draft being ten? You think that seemed I mean, last year was kind of a weak year, and this year is gonna be way more stacked, so we can judge that up or down if we so decide i wouldn't mind more chris i don't know i think that uh, i think it's going to encourage a lot more uh tactical decision making and specifically the uh, dropping and reacquiring of games i think will become uh that much more uh that much more critical i think it's i think it's more interesting and what makes like fantasy sports interesting is you've only got so many roster spots and there's a bajillion dudes who could go off for like you know, 25 and 10 any given night if you happen to have them. So, no, I like 20. I like 20. Maybe we keep 20, but we change the number of draft versus pickups. At least speaking to that interplay that, Nick, you were talking about wanting, it makes more sense to me to put more emphasis on everything after today. So more pickups, maybe different rules and how we drop. I like that there's two different games that we're playing, that we're playing the Nostradamus, like what do we think is going to be great at the very beginning and then the more informed decisions as things come up, which is why I like the idea of the counter picks locking those in and not being able to drop them if it's counter picked. And I think they've even added some settings so that you can actually counter pick games that are picked up afterwards. Would we like to do anything like that? Yes. Like one extra counter pick that you could use on a pickup later in the year. I, I, I like, right. That. If like EJ picks up something that Sony announces this summer and it comes out in the fall, but I think it's going to be bunk. Or I think it's going to get delayed, then I can counterpick that. EJ, what do you think of that? Yeah, I think that would be good. Like, can you differentiate between those two on your end? Yes. Okay. I have the option to choose the total number of counterpicks and the number that we draft. So we could do a total 12 and then do nine today. So we each get three counterpicks. Did you like the three at the beginning? Or would you like to do two and then one extra? Throw in the fourth as a wild card. Yeah, let's do three cool. still. Rules surrounding dropped games. So are we going to stick to you cannot drop games that you pick up mid-season? We can change that. We can change the number. Um, right now, previously, we had um, one any drop from your initial draft and then one drop if it's going to be unreleased. So we had a total of two drops, basically. 
but that can be changed so that we can make it so that counter pick blocks drops. I still like that a lot. I like having that locked in. Like we're both, you know, we're both going down with the ship. We're committed. We're rising with it. Yeah, we're committed. So, so wait, we had last year we had one any pick you said, and one, one, yeah, one any, and then one will not release. That didn't include stuff we picked up, right? That was just any game that we drafted initially? No, it was locked to the... We could only drop games that we initially drafted. Okay, right, okay. right, right. Yeah, let's add a third. Let's add one that specifically is for pickups after the draft. Okay, I'll see if I can make that specific. Okay. Because it might be that I only can toggle it on or off as far as uh, only drafted games to be dropped. You can only drop two or, in this case, potentially three games for any of those reasons all year. There's no more. You can only drop up to three games. Is that right? Yes, but they have to fulfill different right, categories. Right. So if you drop two games that will release, then you can't drop a third game that will release. You would have to specify. It would have to be one that will not release, that kind of thing. Um, but we can we can make that ruling whatever you guys think is the makes the most sense, is the easiest to like understand. There's also new settings for bids and trades. If you really want to get into that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that'd be good to know. <laughs> okay. 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 Let me read this out to you for bidding settings. New for 2022. You can choose the new public bidding system. This feature can help balance leagues where some players are more engaged slash invested than others. You can read more about it on the FAQ page. If you want to keep playing the standard way with fully secret bidding, you can choose the secret bidding option. Pub. So from looking at the public bidding system, um, one critical difference. The, the week is divided into two sections, the secret section and the public section from Saturday night after the previous week of bids process until Thursday night at 8 p.m. Eastern. All bids are made privately, just like they are in the standard system. Then on Thursday at 8 p.m., the names of all the games that have active bids are made public to the rest of the league. The names of the players and the amounts being bid are not revealed. Only the names of the games. From this point until bids process at 8 p.m. on Saturday, Players can edit the dollar amounts on the bids they have already made or bid on a game that someone else has bid on that they haven't. I love that. However, yes. players are not allowed to bid for a game that no one is currently bidding on. And players cannot cancel a bid entirely in the public bidding window. If I'm reading that right, or if I'm if I'm listening to that right, we can bid on whatever we want until Thursday. Yes. And then after that, once it goes, once it goes public, we cannot make new bids on unbid games and we can't cancel our bid. But if we're like, oh, nobody else is, is bidding on this, we could like tank it down to one dollar. Or if we think nobody else is going to bid on it, we, we, we could lower it or raise it. I, that sounds awesome because that <laughs> players who are less engaged. That's metagame th- stuff. I love metagame. <laughs> I, oh, I know you do. I know you do. <laughs> some room for some real fuckery there. I'm, I'm all about that. I love it. We're in. We're doing it. So public bidding and then additionally trade settings new for 2022. You can allow players in your leagues to trade games with each other. Note this feature is not complete yet, but will be complete sometime in January 2022. Right now, this doesn't do anything, but if you turn trades on, they will be enabled once the feature is added. In what world, I'm trying to just think hypothetically here, what scenario would would any of us want to trade games with each other? I guess if like someone was so far in the lead and someone was so far back, potentially there could be some fuckery between two of us to try and catch up to the other person by trading one of their I would assume that the trades would have to be done before both games are released yeah that makes sense or before either game is released so it's more just a speculative like oh I think your game is going to do better than mine and you think the opposite we can just not do trades yeah yeah and then for dropping we want to do three the any unreleased setting which applies to all unreleased games delayed or not more details check the FAQ because I would like it to be 
specific to whether they're picked up or drafted initially. Because last year I set it so that if a game is picked up, it cannot be dropped. Right. Because I figured if you're picking a game up, you're coming into it with a lot more knowledge than if uh, you had drafted it from the very beginning of the year. Right. And that if you're really dedicated to that pick, then you should live with that pick. COVID made fools of us all. This is true. <laughs> so that was that was particularly rough in some instances. So we could make it so that drops can be for whatever. My thing was like, I picked up a bunch of these games, not really factoring in what was coming out later. And then things got announced. And I was like, oh, I'd love to go for Pokemon or whatever. And I only had one slot left. So I had to be like really smart with how I spent that last slot. But like, oh, if I could have dropped Scarlet Nexus before it came out or whatever to pick up a game I, I was reasonably confident would do better that, that was announced later in the year. I still like I would like that flexibility. And since we'll be probably more engaged in counterbidding other people or pickups, then I think we'll have to be smarter about how much we're spending. Yep. So I think that'll police itself in that way. I agree. I don't think we need it. Like you're not you're not picking up, you're not dropping games if you're you have ten dollars left and E3's coming up, you know. <laughs> That's true. Maybe I have to commit to this. Maybe I can't compete with Chris who has $80 left or whatever. Well, we better hope Metroid Federation Force 2 doesn't get announced next year. Or Chris is going to be fucking bankrupt. <laughs> yes. just, he's not going to justify that other response. You played Federation Force and you liked it. I did not play it and I did not like it. I own it. I think that was Leaf. I, Leaf, <laughs> Leaf liked Leaf. it a lot. I played a tiny bit of it uh, and was like... It seemed like a decent game, just not a Metroid game. Why didn't have anybody? That's the vibe I got. Who am I going to play that game with? Like, Leaf was the only other human being on this earth I know who was playing it. And I was like, we still don't even have a full squad. So there's only so much that we could have even done as two Why people. Why put out a multiplayer game on the 3DS? <laughs> Nintendo. Oh, my God. Why do anything? <laughs> how many How many 3DS are in the wild? Less than Switch now. Well, Switch is, yeah, what an anomaly, huh? At that point, I think 3DS had like 70 to 75 million. And then I don't think it's really done much since then because that was 2016. Dude, that was a bad E3. If you ever go back and watch that E3, hilariously bad. Okay, let's talk eligibility. And to clarify again for game dropping, I'm just making it three, any three unreleased games. Any three unreleased games for any reason whatsoever. Yes. Cool. Except you can't drop a counterpicked game. Right, 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 right. I like that. I like that. Three for any reason. All year. No more. Maybe less. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. I'm, I'm with it. <laughs> maybe less. Okay. Now let's chat. Eligibility. Uh, currently, um, just the, the default that it starts out with is the allowed tags are expansions, free to play, new game, new gaming franchise, planned for early access, reimagining, remakes, unannounced games, virtual reality, and will release internationally for, first. So this is interesting because... For example, some games came out in Japan without coming out here. So it's tough because it's still going off open critic. And I don't know how many Japanese outlets they're uh, collating from. Like if they're pulling from Famitsu or any of the other Japanese gaming websites. So we can make it so that international releases that come out this year, but have already come out a year prior, are eligible. It's kind of like a niche sort of corner case. That seems like it opens a can of worms for some fuckery. Yeah, simple's best. I would also like to reject the headed for early access label. The plan for early access? Well, there's also, it's tough because there's the games that come out in early access. 
So for example, if Rogue, Le- Rogue Legacy com- 2 comes out this year, it wouldn't be eligible because it already had an early access period. It's, it's very strange how it all sort of nets out because another game that's probably coming out this year is uh, Darkest Dungeon 2, and that's currently in early access right now. So stuff like that, the eligibility gets kind of strange because it's already been played by a lot of people. Um, even like Hades last year or two years ago, I guess now was an early access for a full year before it even came out. So it's, it's strange for, for those as far as, uh, drafting. I, I think that would be fine because it's not like, it's not like we're going to get screwed over for picking a game that's coming out early access. And if anything, that's a bigger risk because early access games don't usually review well. So I say you might as well do it. And if you want to take the risk of, of, of picking up a game, that's not <laughs> coming to full release. That's kind of on you, right? Yeah, that's true. And the reverse is a niche case. Like you said, the reverse of that being, well, what if we pick up something that is in early access, but might full fledged release this yeah, year? Everybody knows it's good. And then, right when it comes out is the the mystery. And then when it does come out, it's just like, yeah, that's going to be easy points. Right. But I think that's, that's sort of mitigated a little bit by the public bidding. I think a lot of this is mitigated by public bidding. And then it's just a matter of what we think is, should be allowed. So um, I'm fine with keeping the yearly releases cut like banned. So we're not bidding on, well, I mean, they're not even good, but like Madden and FIFA and 2k in those games. Yeah. And remasters. That's always tough too the yearly switch port doesn't count. I don't think Bowser's Fury was eligible last year. Yeah. With the Mario 3D world, but like remakes and reimagining, which is a little bit strange too, because it's like decided by the one guy who runs this website. What is a remake and what's not (laughs) right. I I would say leave those eligible then because even remakes are not, are definitely not a guaranteed thing. We've seen a lot of remakes come out and flop. I'm fine with remakes and reimaginings coming out, but like ports and remasters. Yeah, we don't need those. Nope. And also for a game to game basis, like if you think that something should be eligible, you can always talk to me and I'm, I can whitelist stuff and then it could be publicly bid on. And then we can all fight over it. If you think it's, if you think it's worth your time and money and then, so this is interesting. I haven't, I mean, a lot of this is very new. I'm just seeing it now for the first time as well. Uh, special game slots. New for 2022, you can choose to have certain slots in every player's lineup require certain tags, overriding the rules chosen above. So like no matter what, everyone has a slot that can only be filled by one of these types of games. So like you have to get a new gaming franchise or you have to get a unannounced game, something like that. I love this. As an example, we don't have to do it. No, I like this a lot. That sounds like a lot of fun. I think it pushes it a little bit closer towards like what my experience has been in the past with like a fantasy basketball league. Like you have to have guards. You have to have forwards. You have to have this. You have to have a center. Um, I, I think it's cool. Great. I think it's great. More metagaming. EJ, what are you eating? <laughs> I can hear you with your mouth full of crackers or whatever. It is. I can smell the sweat coming <laughs> off of you. <laughs> I haven't eaten today and it's eight o'clock at night. And I figured you'd be doing so much talking. I would just mute and eat in between. But you caught me once. Once is enough. <laughs> so the way the way it will work, the way it will work, eat your French fries or whatever the fuck. <laughs> the way it would work is that among like uh, of our twenty games, like one would have to be a, a JRPG, one would have to be a new IP, one would have to be a shooter, et cetera, et cetera. So we would have to be uh, uh, factoring that in as we're drafting that we have to be meeting all these things by the end of the year. I assume 
um, or you'd get like dropped or DQ'd or something. I don't think it'll be a penalty. It would just be you have one less game because you didn't pick up a game that fulfilled those requirements. I see. And also, I don't think it's as granular as genre. It's more just uh, the list of tags that they have, which I can go through. Please. Specifically. Again, for our allowed tags that we currently have, because I haven't changed it, I have expansion pack, free to play, new game, new gaming franchise, planned for early access, reimagining, remake, unannounced game, virtual reality, and will release internationally first. That last one, maybe not, but we get to control which ones we would we would want, right? Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying is for those are just the allowed tags. Those are the things that are not, you know, verboten. So like for our band tags, I have currently in early access, director's cut, partial remake, port, released internationally, remaster and yearly installment. So games that would fall under those categories are not even eligible to be picked up at all. For our special slot, I think it'd be cool to have like a new gaming franchise. I think that's cool. Yeah, I'm not really certain. I don't want us to be bidding on unannounced games like recklessly. I think that's that's foolish. Uh, new games. Most of these are going to be new games like because we're not doing the international releases and we're not doing the early access stuff. So I think as far as requiring special like the special slots, I don't know what else would be interesting enough but beyond like a new gaming franchise. as like a new IP. Because new IP is like interesting and that's like the riskiest and it's the most that, that would be the most fun personally. Yeah, definitely add that in there. It feels like only doing one special slot doesn't make it seem impactful enough. Sure, we can have multiple slots. We wouldn't want them to be the same category, though. Uh, potentially. I mean, how many new IPs are going to be released that we're going to all be able to pick up two new IPs for the year? Uh, that's a good point. Um, I'm not sure. We could look at our last years and see how many of those qualify as uh, new IP. So, like... Looking through uh, yours, EJ, I would say Turnip Boy is not new IP. No. Returnal is new IP. Yeah. Biome is new IP. Scarlet Nexus. Deathloop. Uh, Humankind, 12 minutes, Deathloop. Okay. And okay. then Elden Ring would have been. So for Chris, uh, his is a lot more sequels. Hood, Outlaws, and Legends is <laughs> <laughs> new IP. Um, <laughs> Back for Blood, technically new IP. And that's all. And then for me, it takes two Cyber Shadow, Game Builder Garage. Death's Door, Eastward, Toem, Kena, uh, and that's Solar Ash. And that was all for me. I had a lot of new IP because I picked up all those indie, those cute indie games. So new gaming franchise would primarily be a lot of indies, probably. Let's do two of those. So I'm not. That's fun. Okay. That's fun. Yeah. Sure. There's some specificity that we're, we'll have to be fighting over after the indie showcase, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, okay, that'll that'll make that weekend's bidding war very interesting. And now with the the new bidding system where we can like see who's going for what, it'll be will <laughs> be fun. And the additional counter picks. Mm-hmm. We're just doing one extra, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait to draft. I don't know what the fuck is happening. You guys are assholes for making me do this. I'm hype. <laughs> just to reiterate, I'm gonna go through all the all the our rules. So it's a three player league. 20 games total, 10 drafted, four total counter picks, three of which will draft. Minimum bid amount is $1. We're doing public bidding, so between Saturday and Thursday, it's private. And then those 
um, bids are made public, not the numbers, just the games that are being bid on. We don't know who's bidding on them. We know if we're not bidding on them currently, so that narrows it down. Like, oh, EJ or Chris is bidding on this game. And then it's the meta game of, well, how much do I think they're making it for? Uh, we're not doing any trades. Um, the game drop is any game that hasn't been released. We'll have three of those. Counterpicks will be blocking those drops. So I think that I'm not exactly certain, but counterpicks I know will. I'm assuming the counterpicks will go into effect at the same time as uh, drafted games. So I think if I think someone is going to drop a game, potentially I could counterpick it before they drop it. And I think that would work for our additional counterpicks. Nice. Our one each. Uh, do we still want to have just one additional counterpick after the draft? Maybe we maybe we go two and two instead of three and one. Two and two. Let's do two and two. Ooh, I like that, Chris. Yeah, I'm with it. I, I think I think that's a little spicier. And then it's like you know, two for the first ten, two for the 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 second ten over the course of the rest of the year. Yeah. Okay. I'm down. It is done. Um, our eligibility is bog standard. We're allowing expansion packs, free to play games, new games, new gaming franchises. Plan for early access, reimaginings, remakes, unannounced games, VR, and will release internationally first. We want to keep VR. Is there any reason why we would want to block any of these? The only one that I, I would have any issue with is expansions. <sighs> That's tough. I mean, you had Binding of Isaac last year, and that was bad for you for a long time, but then it was good for you because you got a solid 13 points out of it. Destiny Two, uh, Witch Queen, or whatever—that's this year. Like that's a that's a big release that you could that you could bid on if we allow expansions. How do we? I mean, how many reviews is it? Do we have a list of the outlets that Open Critic uses? Is there a very clear? Yes. Where can I find yeah. this? Under the that's FAQs? on Open Critic's FAQ. Yeah, I think there's a minimum of like five, four or five review scores required before it, it is uh, on Metacritic or on Open Critic. And then like we had last year, um, I will not be doing that this year, though. If you pick something that does not meet the minimum threshold of reviews, I'm not going to let you get points for that. Like, that's part of the risk. Okay. And now you know. It's good to clarify. And because it was not clear enough last year, I let that. It ended up being fine because you got the threshold when it came to Switch. Mm -hmm. And it ended up benefiting you that it was not lower than 80. I mean, imagine if it reviewed poorly when it, when it came yeah, out on Switch. Yeah, I mean, how how that ends the breaks, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, it, so, so how does scoring work? Do I have to go to open critics FAQ probably? Yeah. They're just pulling the numbers from open critic. They're not related whatsoever. And they're pulling actual, like their, their, their raw data. So it's the, it's like to two decimal points that they're doing, which was annoying because when I was doing my own like spreadsheet, I was just pulling the, the flat numbers. So I had like a, a plus or minus like 2% margin of error the final score so i i can't actually find in faqs the information i'm looking for where because like on open critic binding of isaac had a open critic score but that did not reflect on the fantasy league. it did not have an open critic score it had a percentage recommended which is different from a oh, percentage score really which is what you were bitching about with like i, th I can't remember was it psychonauts that you're like it's a 99 on on open critic i'm like no that's just the amount of people that say you should see it that's more of like a rotten tomatoes than it is a, a so those are two different numbers. Those are two different scores. Have we missed anything or are we ready to generate some damn links and draft this bitch? Oh, I think yeah. uh, as long as you guys only want the two special slots for new IP, that seem. Yep. 
Seem Gucci? Yeah. As far as our actual draft, do we want to sort of talk about picks as we go and kind of our thought process as we're mulling games over? I like that. I think that's part of the fun. That's what makes it a podcast is us talking about why we're picking what we're picking. Absolutely. Well, we could blow through the draft and then go through the list or we can take our time with the draft and talk through our picks as we make them. I think it's more relevant to talk about it as we're picking it. I think it's interesting to get that sort of fresh off the dome. What's our thought process? You know, agree. Dope. All right. And it looks like Chris already has a publisher created. That's right. You are looking at the proud owner of the Chozo Bozos. <laughs> um, I don't even know. How, do, how did you do that? I'm not in any leagues. Are you looking at the 2021 league page? I am suddenly not in a league. Uh, I have go, no in, you're in the league invites. right now. I'm seeing your, your name in there. Yeah, go to... You don't need yep. yeah you don't you don't need a link go to go to the uh, uh, page from from last year's league in the top right corner you'll see a little 2021 uh, that's a pull down menu and you can click 2022 to access this year's page. That's so weird that my my homepage says I am not in a league. That is very bizarre. Let's take a let's take a quick breather. I'm gonna get a publisher name. I'm gonna grab a drink. Warning. If you do not fill your counter pick slot by the end of the year, it will count as minus 15 points. That sucks. Because that might just be one of those things where it's like, you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. Oh. What's worse, counter picking Halo Infinite or counter picking nothing? <laughs> well, counter picking nothing would be better than picking Halo, counter picking Halo Infinite. That's there a you two go. point difference. Strategy. Strategy. <laughs> Oh, oh, I hate this. I hate this. Okay, so EJ, much. did it did it did it get you did it get you? Uh yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to create a publisher name, but I am trying to think. I got Chozo Bozos and the Prestal Dev. That's so cute. I love both of those. I probably I can't just be card swap again, right? You the champ. You can do what you, you can want. You do whatever you want. You're the winner. Okay, but <laughs> in the spirit of this competition, you guys wouldn't be happy if I was just card swap again. <laughs> Sorry, I'm created. There we go. Jiggle Softworks. <laughs> yeah, baby. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Are you ready to start drafting? As you both take big, long <sighs> we pulls took, yeah, on your respective cups. Drinking my whiskey here. Uh, yes, I'm ready. I'm going to be doing hella research on the fly here. My keyboard situation is untenable. I'm going to have to move y'all back a little bit here, even further. It's okay. You're probably just going to be picking the top game on the, the recommended Hot picks anyway. <laughs> well, for the first three picks, that's probably true. But it gets murky yeah, yeah, quick. It gets murky quick. 2022 is a much different year than 2021. You're the only one of us that probably would actually know that at this point. Well, I mean, just to give you an idea, um, I kept track of the games that we picked from last year that are now 2022 games and the three that still do not have dates. But Advance Wars, Cuphead, Elden Ring, Ghostwire, God of War, Gran Turismo, Lego Star Wars, Stray, and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Shredder's Revenge. They're all 2022 games that were good enough to be picked last year. How do we determine the order here? It, do we draw lots? Oh, it's, I mean, it's me. No, I mean, it's it's the same as, you know, what's how do you determine draft picks in the NBA, EJ? <laughs> what's well, a lottery? You spin a bunch of balls in a fucking spinny thing and you draw it. I thought it was based on, is it the NFL then that that's based on yeah. how you do in the, the, the well, league? Yeah. Okay. They, so it's based, it's NFL loser goes first. Yeah. Understand. I go first because I fucking lost cool. in a big, bad way. 
Cool. Yeah, let's do it. And it's still a snake draft, so it's still one, two, three, three, two, one. I think I know what your guys' first picks are going to be, respectively. But let's let's do. So, how do I get into the actual draft here? I'm such a boomer with this. Jesus Christ! If you're in, if you're on the page, it should just say the draft is currently in progress. Next to draft, Chozo Bozos. Mine says things are all set to get started. Yeah, your that's what I. Manager see too. can choose when to draft. Hit refresh. Beautiful. Oh, we're live. Oh, we're Working. live. Fuck it. Yeah. Let's do it live. Okay. <laughs> All right. I thought you guys were seeing the same thing I was seeing. No. My bad. All right, Chris, you're on the motherfucking clock. Do we have a time time limit? This is, look, I, I don't know. If you want to instigate a time limit, that's going to affect you just as much as it's going to affect us. No, I really don't. I think we're all mature adults, but, you know, I said this to Nick, EJ, before you getting on. When you have a LeBron James level game coming out, you draft a LeBron James level game with the first pick of the draft. So I, I'm taking Elden Ring. Right out of the gate. Give me that. Wow. Wow. Okay. Totally fair. You know, honestly, honestly, can't blame you. I'm pretty uh, that's a, salty. That's an easy, easy 92. It could be a generational game. 92. Calling my, call my shot right now. It's 92. Wow. Bro. Wow. Best ranked game last year in our league was a 93. Right? You think Elden Ring? 92 was, um, I think 92 was uh, Forza. Forza. But Final Fantasy was 93. It ended on 93? Yeah. Wow. Wow. As far as um, FromSoft goes, you want to whip up the open critic for Sekiro and uh, Dark Souls 3. Those are their last two games. Yeah, so Sekiro on open critic. I got a 90. <laughs> wow. Give me. I'm Listen, I can't tell you how fucking mad I am. That I drafted Elden Ring, missed it by three weeks, and now Chris is about to get an absolute fucking banger. You won the league, motherfucker. Why are you complaining? Because that's my game. I drafted it. Oh, well. You, now you have two chances to pick what you actually want because I picked Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild 2. No! Because you don't have the balls to counterpick it. Nor should you. It's coming out. It's coming out. Do it, do it, EJ. So I, I fucking dare you. you I fucking dare you to counterpick that game, motherfucker. Uh, I feel completely overwhelmed by this and completely <laughs> uninformed. <laughs> so, uh, Chris, um, what were you saying about um, doing a time limit on these? Uh, uh, that we were grown ass adults and were surely capable of making our picks in a timely fashion. Uh, that's funny. That's funny, huh? I, I definitely did not say that, nor would I say that about myself. Um, given the opportunity to do so during during the off time while others are drafting you can set up a watch list as well yeah that's what i'll be uh that's what i'll be doing for sure i think i have listen i do this not only because of my personal hype factor but i feel like i gotta put my fucking money where my mouth is especially after nick's pick where i said people talk about breath of the wild being the best game uh, of all time no and 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 that argument that I always uh, spout out is that thank you for that, Chris. By the way, I agree. It is not the best game of all time. It's not the best Zelda game. I contend that it wasn't even the best game that came out that month, let alone the best open world game that came out that year. Because Horizon to me was a better game in almost every single way. So in the spirit of these first Actually, three picks, it's I, it came Horizon out within four came weeks. Out in February. <laughs> it came four weeks. Okay, it's a month. It's a different. It's month. a month. With the calendar month was four weeks. Okay. okay, I'm drafting yeah. Horizon Forbidden West. Yeah, that's fair. That's going to be a great game. And that's that, and listen, it's probably not a 90. It's probably an 85. People are going to love it. I'm going to love it. So it's maybe not the strongest first pick. It'll be a great game. Horizon's a great. I mean, eight, 
eight and a half is a great score. It is. It is. And, it, it, you know, I, I certainly am not doubting what PlayStation Studios does. Uh, so anyway, it gets kind of crazy. Definitely not fucking picking up a Call of Duty game after the nightmare of a year Activision's had this year in Call of Duty oh, specifically. No. <laughs> Horizon Zero Dawn got an 89 on Open Critic. I like that. So an 85 seems seems reasonable for the sequel. The sequel, there's no way the sequel can outdo the, the original just based on the narrative alone. Like I just can't imagine how in the world they they top what they did, but it's a lot harder. Things get really murky now. Really murky. I'm trying to think of some of the big stuff that I know is coming up. All right. Fuck it. I'm taking God of War. I don't give a fuck. I'm taking God of War. Oh. I, I, I feel like you can't go wrong picking two fucking PlayStation Studio games right off the rip. So you know what? Fuck it. God of War. That should have been easier than it was. You're correct. And you should trust your gut when it tells you something is not going to be good. And then you should draft it. Because so whatever your gut, be because good. whatever your <laughs> gut, te- whatever your gut tells you, do the opposite of that, and you'll repeat in the league. <laughs> wow, absolute shade, absolute shade, bro. My turn to draft. So it's the meta game. It's uh, me deciding what I think is going to be good, but also what do I think you guys will underrate, and I can pick that later. I think I might as well pick up Gran Turismo Seven. Oh, nice. That I think is a little bit of a risk. Gran Turismo's name is mud in the current year. GT Sport didn't do great, but six, I don't think six was even eligible for open critic, but let's check Metacritic. That's similar enough. When did that come out? That was a PS3 game. Six. Yeah, 2013. That was 81. And then A Spec was a 95. We'll see. On a PS2. You're probably right. You're probably right. You're probably right. It's probably going to do well. A racing people game are more forgiving of racing games the, yeah i mean seriously right after well i mean that could be a knock against it after her uh forza horizon yeah but nobody owns an xbox so this is going to be like a modern good racing game on the console that everybody owns so everyone has pc nobody has ps5 well it's on ps4 also but that might knock it too ps5 sold more ps5s and ps4 sold in the first year everyone has a ps5 in the first year i don't think that's accurate yeah the first year ps5 outsold the ps4 I don't think that's accurate. I think it is. I think in the first six months it was faster, but I think that dropped off considerably after they couldn't keep stock up for Black Friday. I'm going to look this up. Oh my God. Point. PS5 shipped 13.4 million in the first year. PS4 shipped 13.8. Okay, you're right. I'm wrong. I mean, it's close. It's close and it is like supply constrained, but yeah, it's doing well. I, I agree. Well, I think man. people blow it out of proportion, the availability issues of it, but it's also, it is affecting its sales. To a small extent. I got my pre-order for mine in November. Got it release week. Since November, I have been trying to get my girlfriend's brother and one of my best buds a PS5 console. I have contacts, people who work in electronic departments. I have sat in countless PS online queues trying to get in. I've sat in Walmart.com queues. I've only managed in a calendar year to get two PS5s. One for Brandon and one for Mark. And I got Mark's like six weeks ago. And you're still eligible. Like... Um, the Sony Direct ones, they're still contacting you? I've never gotten an invite. Oh, I got an invite like a couple months ago. Yeah, I, I, I don't know how I've not gotten a fucking invite. It's crazy. You probably don't get them because you have a PS5 and they know that you've logged into a PS5. Maybe. That that it could be true. Uh-oh, here we go. Oh, yeah, there you go. I'm going back You're to... You're pretty bullish on that last year. I was, and I think that... Uh, so it's it's Cuphead, the delicious last course. I, I think that... That's going to be a great... Having, having played the the original one, I think it's like maybe one of my favorite games, honestly. I, I thought it was so incredibly rewarding in its difficulty. I, I thought that it 
yeah, I mean, it, it just was one of the like tightest run and shoots that I've, I've, I've ever seen. And so I think the DLC is going to be more of that. They've had a whole bunch of years to work on how, how uh, to optimize this, to make it everything that it needs to be. So five years, five years in the making this DLC. Damn, that took me a minute to make a choice on. So <laughs> in, in good conscience, I, I cannot be big balls gilly for without without taking a swing that i might regret later i'm taking i'm taking starfield oh <laughs> off my list that was my next pick no dude there's no <laughs> way a november 2022 game from bethesda comes out this year literally zero <laughs> chance i mean that's what your counter picks are for right that's right let's say put up or shut up uh, no, no, no. I've learned my lesson about counterpicking games that aren't coming out. It does nothing for any of us. I'm not going to counterpick it, but that is a hilariously big ball pick. You you do you, boo. That's a huge oh ball my pick. God. There's no way it comes out. Hilarious. It's slated as of 2021 for a November release. There's no way they make that. It's happening. Wow. It's happening. All right. All right. EJ on you. I picked Bane out of three. Wow. Oh, nice, safe pick. Probably like a 75, 78. Bayonetta 2 is a 91 on Open Critic. Oh, they still haven't. Again, <laughs> Nick, I think it's a great pick if it actually comes out, but we still don't know anything about it. They haven't even announced a damn thing. You think Nintendo's going to come out at uh, E3 this year and be like, they put a year on it last year? Did they? Yeah. All right. All right. Well, what I'm going to do then is Mario Rabbit Sparks of Hope. The first game got an 85 on Open Critic. Here's the thing, though. This is Ubisoft. I still think it's slept on. Honestly, it totally slept on. It's always on sale. Uh, it, it, you know, which games that sell well never go on sale. So, you know, this game didn't move a lot of units, but it's critically acclaimed. Everybody who plays this love this game. One of the best Switch games. How, did you beat it? I got to, I got really late game. I think it's the first time we meet Rabid, Wario, and Waluigi, and you fight both of them at the same time with a bunch of other guys. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't get past it. I couldn't get past it, but I, it, it's incredible. I loved it. I did not think it was going to be any good, and I loved it. So my only hesitation on that pick is because it's Ubisoft, and I know Nintendo doesn't just you know throw their IP around completely carelessly. So you know, could this be a typical Ubisoft drop-off, and this thing is going to shave 10 points just as a sequel, or is this going to actually improve and either land in the 85 or, or slightly better just because, you know. Nintendo seems to do well with sequels. Ubisoft does not. Did you know that a new uh, fucking Watch Dogs came out last year? Like a whole ass Watch Dogs game came out last year. In 2020, right? Or was, or was that, that 2020? Last year, last year. I think it might have been 2020. Nobody knows because nobody bought it. Can you believe that? Yeah, it was the, the British one. The, the pandemic's been rough, okay? Well, Lord knows. Yeah, because that was the same year Ragnarok. It was the, that was... PS, uh, PS5, Xbox Series launch. So here's where my ignorance comes into play. Uh, we we're all waiting. Hollow Knight could be great. Feels like there's no shot Silkson comes out this year. But I also haven't been following that super closely. Homeboy could have tweeted about it, and I don't know. There's nothing to follow. And you're not going to tell me. You would know. You would know if they tweeted about it. Yeah, we would have told you. <laughs> After the Game Awards, people were pretty bummed out about it. After everything, they've been bummed out about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Nick, Nick, you're right there with the man. I know. <laughs> and Chris now, too. I've converted him. Oh, hell yeah. Shown him the light. That's like the best the radiant light. Best thing I played this year, I think. Dying Light 2 feels like it's going to be a, a cool game. People are going to like that game. The first one got a mid-70s. 
That's kind of sketchy to me. I don't that you know. So I feel like I need to put my faith in the tried and true, a game I absolutely love, and we're gonna hope that third time's a charm in Splatoon three. Whoa. This is a little bit of a. This might not be a twenty twenty two game. So uh, we'll see what happens. I think it's pretty safely twenty twenty two. It's also hilarious how much Nintendo bias we have. <laughs> I mean, that's mostly it's what we me. play. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's fair. Yeah, I think we know they're going to come out also like they they do not advertise things as being on a certain year if they're not going to come out. And they they got a little bit away from that of late with announcing stuff on Metroid Prime 4 that is not going to be out anytime soon. (laughs) Yeah, but even then they didn't put a year on it. Exactly. And so I think. No, they didn't. No, they just said it's happening. And then they said it's happening somewhere else. And now they're saying, yeah probably happen well they had nothing to show that e3 so they had to throw up that shitty splash screen to get people excited about something yeah that was that was a weird e3 it was good for them in the moment but in hindsight it was not i mean in hindsight you get stuff like mario odyssey announced there and stuff like that and then also having the samus returns shown in their treehouse afterwards because they they wanted to show confidence in the switch and not rely on 3ds games even though it was just a weird e3 I am going to pick Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak. Of course you are. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. think it's going to do really well. Yeah. Rise will be on PC by then. I think that's going to that's gonna bump it up even more. People are going to be really happy with the PC version of that game. It's a great game. Their expansions are always 10 out of 10. Yeah. Maybe not literally, but like, what did Iceborne get? Which was the expansion for Monster Hunter World. Seems like an 87 to me. It is a 90 on wow. Critic. Wow. Wow. So people fucking love Monster Hunter, man. Monster Hunter rules. Wow. I don't know if you'd know this. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and Monster Hunter World. I think Rise got an 88, if I'm not mistaken. World got a 90. So I, I would expect, you know, high 80s for Sun Sunbreak. I wish more of my hunting crew from World would have hopped on Rise. I think that would have improved my time with it a lot more. I still put over 100 hours into that game. And it was awesome. Had a great time. It ran excellently on switch like way better than it had any right to and the mobility upgrades they made to it versus what they had in world was huge it was just such a good game it's just the multiplayer makes those experiences so much better i mean it's like playing destiny by yourself like yeah you can have a good time the shooting feels good but it's about hanging out with the homies yeah it yeah it's and and the and the best things to do in those games require a dedicated play group you know certainly so even if you wanted to play it and enjoyed it by yourselves, you're still missing out on the best parts of, of the game. Monster Hunter, a little bit less complex. Uh, you can certainly do more difficult hunts and put constraints on yourself as far as like what items you use and all that kind of stuff. But it is still just more fun to beat the heck out of a big old dragon with your homies. It's just such a, a, a obtuse thing to get into. And the systems are, I mean, they're more accessible now than ever, but they're just, it's tough to get into and maybe more so the motivation of trying to learn everything on your own versus having, like I think of my experience with the first Destiny game, a similarly arcane system, not as deep, but definitely just as mysterious. If I didn't have a playgroup who was patient with me and like enthusiastic about getting me into the game, I would not have gotten as deep into it as I did and put nearly as much time as I did. So Monster Hunter feels like that same thing. As If you have a patient and knowledgeable playgroup, you're going to figure it out and have a great time. But trying to do it on my own was just like, it was difficult on one hand, but but on the other, I was like, I, I just don't have the patience to figure this out. I could, but is that how my best use of my time is like 
going on Google and like reading about the intricacies of this game that the game doesn't explain to you? Like, no, it all depends on like what you bring into it as well. I, I found it really engaging uh, mechanically, like right off the bat. So I didn't have any trouble with Monster Hunter. You also have a bigger brain than I do. Okay. I a big old brain. You watch a lot of sports. I get it. I'll ask smart sports. guy. <laughs> big old brain. Chris, let's go. My my picks are in. I Oh yeah. First first pick uh, of this uh snake order. Um I'm grabbing the Plague Tale sequel. I think that that was kind of a Oh wow. Uh, the original was was pretty well regarded. Everything I've seen of of the second one looks like it's going to be absolutely gorgeous and uh I this is a game I've been I've been wanting to play. Uh the first Plague Tale. First one's on Game Pass, isn't it? Oh good. Something I don't have. <laughs> uh and uh then Triangle Strategy. I really really liked Octopath Traveler. I know that they are, mm. you know, very different genres, but I really liked Octopath Traveler. I thought it was a great JRPG. It was pretty to look at. It was a, the score was stunning. Uh I thought that its battle system was simple but with <laughs> fine with, well no but it had enough it had enough like mild complexities to make you actually have to think about like okay what do i really want to do on this turn like having to sort of like boost your ability points up in order to unleash like better attacks like there was it was a fairly a, a fairly tactical jrpg and so this you know same aesthetic spirit uh but but with an rts i yeah i think it'll be i, I think it'll be a solid chance to net me some good points you know, when it comes to triangle strategy, it's a, it's way more up my alley personally. Like, you know, being a big Fire Emblem fan and some of the other like sort of on the fringe strategy games. So this is way more up my alley. But I think it's difficult for games to do this sort of thing, not only with the sort of current um, standards for how these games play, but also the nostalgia of, of whether it's a cla- more classic Fire Emblem stuff or the Final Fantasy tactics games. Like, we've seen some contenders in this, you know, especially in the indie space, sort of pop up with uh, Wargroove and Into the Breach did a really interesting take on this, on this mechanic. And obviously XCOM is sort of the modern day, like the isometric sort of 3D strategy experience. This is like obviously aesthetically a totally classic look and that's one thing the octopath did really well but i thought this was on my watch list and i thought about it but i feel like that's a little bit of a risk this seems like like a 75 to me you know like this could really go either way but it feels like uh we'll see it seems a little high chris seems a little high i gotta tell you looking at a lot of the stuff on that uh, you know i don't want to say recommended but like hype factor uh, i'm not really yeah what does that mean I'm not seeing anything that I think is like a slam dunk 80 plus with a lot of those titles. I'm just not. And so I, I, I thought to me that felt like something that's as comfortable a pick as I could make at that point in time. It feels fairly safe. I don't think it's going to do poorly. I think the downfalls of it will be similar to Octopath and that'll probably overstay its welcome. It'll be too much game for what it offers, but I think it'll be well liked enough and I think EJ talking about the genre it's in it being less of the the standard JRPG, more of the turn-based strategy, I think will, I think has the potential to help it. Yeah. But I don't know where it's going to land. I think it could easily land at, a, at an 80. And I don't know because it's, it all just depends on who reviews it and what they're feeling when they when they play it, right? It's all very subjective. We're playing with emotions here. 
Absolutely. And I think that there are, I'm looking at some things that I think have the potential uh, to score a lot higher. And I want to maybe pump the brakes on potential until it comes back around to me next. And then I'll get those big balls out of their holsters again. Uh, Nick, your picks in what you get. <laughs> I, I got tunic. Uh, it's that cute Zelda game. What with the Fox? Oh, been shown at some uh, Xbox E3s a couple years ago. Maybe mm-hmm. I think the first time they showed it was like 2018. It's been uh, other like indie events as well. I think it's sort of Microsoft is helping with publishing it maybe. So I think it's just Xbox and PC, but it looks really cute. I like Zelda games. I think people are going to like how cute and Zelda like it is. I mean, Death Store gave me an 88 and that's all that was. Yeah, it could be a sleeper. And it's got a release date, which I like release dates. Nine times out of ten. Sometimes you got to swing for the fences with stuff like Breath of the Wild. But oh, it's coming. That's like a 90 plus. It and is got to take those risks. It is. My watch list is full of bangers right now. And I feel really good about it. Some of these are going to go off the board, but I feel like I need to take a little bit of a swing. Ooh. A lot of controversy. Not even a fucking release date for this game. I don't think I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm going to take Hogwarts Legacy. I think that could be great. It feels a little dangerous for a big five, but you know what? Again, controversy, uh, sort of. I think it's got a lot of potential. It, I mean, it Who's does. Developing that again. That's um, is that Avalanche? That's like they have not they have not done a triple A game. It could be risky, but it's, it it's risky. Has, it's risky. You got to risk it for the biscuit, though. That's such a big swing <laughs> for you. That's such a big swing for you. Yeah, I just because that game could be terrible. Get one of them in. That game could be. Awful. It could be so bad. Like I, I, I don't give a shit about that game. Having seen what they've showed it so far, it could not come out next year. Also, that it, this year it could not come out. Well, that well, here's the thing though. Looking at my list, I'm like, okay, I could take fucking Total War Warhammer three or Dying Light two, or I could take a little bit of a swing on a game that will definitely probably go off the board. Let me just take a little bit higher and take a risk. Similarly, oh, given especially how some of Nick's picks went, Nick's picks. Thinking that you know he had a couple of uh, bangers in in the Nintendo uh, first party IPs. Oh no, you son of a bitch! You're gonna take it from Say me. It. Say it. Damn it! I took Kirby. Yeah, Damn it! it land. <laughs> Kirby's first foray into a true 3D world. This could be a fucking. This could be a 71. <laughs> okay. This could also be a 91. This has the biggest variance, I think, potential on any of our lists right now, and it scares me. I think the ceiling is a lot lower than you think. Yeah, it's not. No, that game's not going to get more Shit. than 85. But I think when's the last time you saw a Kirby game score lower than an 80? They're dependably average. And so that was 100% yeah. going to come off the board next for me. I would say the the floor for Kirby is 75 and the ceiling is probably 85. At, if I'm being generous. But it's also the riskiest Kirby that they've done since what? Like Canvas Curse? When they just changed, did a different art style or something like even Robobot was just strictly a Kirby game. And Robobot was like an 84, which is great. What was the Switch game that everyone forgot about because it was awful? Star Allies. Was it Star Allies? Like Triple like Deluxe? 2018. Robobot actually scored higher than Triple Deluxe. People liked it more. Yeah. Which I never, I beat Triple Deluxe. And I liked it. They're so simple, but they're so cute. And they're so palatable. Robobot had a lot of really cool things, uh, like the mech suits were fucking cool, but it didn't feel as concise as, as Triple Star uh, or Triple Deluxe. I'm curious what Star Allies got. I'm, I'm looking this up real quick. I see Jose Otero with a 6 out of 10. Thanks for bringing my score down, bro. 
Damn, Good Jose. Thing that, that dude is not fucking reviewing shit these days. Good thing he works for Nintendo. Yeah, what does he do for <laughs> Nintendo? Tweets about them sometimes? I mean... I don't know, probably Treehouse stuff. Um, I'm going to go ahead and uh, pick up Stalker 2. That game looks tight. I don't know anything it about does. that game. It's the sequel to Stalker. Nick, I want to... Or sorry, EJ, I want to point out you have no new IP drafted yet. And I know it's a long year. Not yet. But I'm not worried about it. Mm. I'm trying to get my damn points in first. You know, if I have two slots go off the board, that's fine. That sucks. But I'm just trying to get some points right now. Pickups are prime time for indie darlings and the like. Oh, uh, well, this does. Chris, this, where are you at? This does change the calculus because I thought for I didn't think in a million years. Either of you were going to take Kirby before like your eighth, your eighth, ninth or tenth pick. Um, Remind me, we decided we're, yeah, we're not that's doing definitely like a late quarter. We're not doing any trades, right? No trades. I will say, and you might take this right now, but I find it um, interesting based on the reaction of the my two co-hosts here. What I shit on Legends Arceus that no one has picked it yet, I think speaks to how we all think that game is actually going to be. Chris is about to pick it right now. That's fine. Well, I, I mean, I, I, I'm eyeing Our confidence it. in Game Freak is an all-time low. A little bit, but more than that, I just think that my personal enjoyment of that game is probably going to be higher than the critical consensus of that game. Like, I, I know I'm going to like it. I know I'm going to enjoy it. Uh, but I, I have to be, I have to be uh, uh, more objective than that. Oh man, <laughs> Game Freak's last game reviewed fairly positively. I'd say eighty is a good point score for Sword and Shield. It's, they're also going out on a limb here, and people have not reacted positively to what they've shown. Well, who are yeah? Who this are could people? be an 80. Are, are people neckbeards on YouTube? Because I don't give a fuck about them. Like I, those are the what, guys reviewing you your games. What, you know what, EJ? F- fuck you. No, not on YouTube. It's the neckbeards on the game game journalist websites. Yeah, Twitter and Reddit and YouTube. Kiss my ass. I'm drafting Pokemon Legends Arceus. <laughs> See, that was all reverse psychology to make you get three points from your fifth or sixth pick. Fifth pick. So sixth. I'm, I'm, well, if I'm truly, coming out ahead. If you're truly confident that it's going to be bad, then you can just counterpick it. You sure can, I, EJ. I, um, well, this is also a Breath of the Wild thing where there's like a there's a sort of Nintendo, the, the critic boost. It's like Breath of the Wild, if that were a Bethesda game, that game is a fucking like 80 at best. But Nintendo automatically, it's like that's at least a ninety, if not higher. You know, so it's just one of those things where this game's probably going to be asshole, but some dickhead like Jose Otero is going to get on here and be like, "Oh my god, it's so different from Pokemon," even though every right. other game in the world does this. We circled the wagons back EJ, to this. I want huh? you to give me five games that do the exact same thing as Breath of the Wild. <laughs> the only thing Breath of the Wild does differently that is actually good is the uh, like climbing and exploration mechanic. While it's a big part of how you interact with the world. It's like a pretty minor addition to an open world game. Everything else it's, open world games do, Breath of the Wild does worse. It's the core mechanic of the game. It's literally the core mechanic of the game. <laughs> like, it, oh, it's just one of the things that came to as well. It's the whole fucking point. But if that's all your game rides on is, oh, you can climb stuff. It's like, okay, but what about the characters? What about the story? What about, you know, the actual gameplay when you're fighting things? Oh, oh my God. I'm not relitigating this. Walking to this. that mountain in Skyrim is great and all, but that's the only thing it does. <laughs> I'm not relitigating this. I'm not relitigating yeah. this right now. I'm... Breath of the Wild. It's like an 85. It's a good game. 
it's more than an 85. You you have hater goggles and you're 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 pissed off because your fucking weapons keep breaking and you don't want to go find more. I get it. Okay? You do, you don't like that bad part mechanic. of the game. It's not a bad mechanic. <laughs> bad mechanic. It's not a bad mechanic. You're just bad at it. Like I'm sorry. Like it's not I, I literally never in the entire course of playing the game and I played the game for like almost 300 hours. I literally never ever had a problem keeping weapons in stock it's so fucking that's not simple the point. And, it's and not good hard weapons. to do chris it's not worth arguing with ej because he's the one that plays fire emblem on hardcore mode and resets if he loses a single character he's a, he's broken inside <laughs> you cannot reason with him he chooses to play and then breaks his own rules <laughs> i've had my eye on a couple of on a couple of games that i think as we get into the seven through ten range y'all are going to start having your eyes on and there's one in particular I do not want you to have. Uh, I'm I'm skeptical about whether this is gonna be a big point winner or something that could like uh, uh, potentially yield nothing or even hurt me. I'm taking I'm taking Silk Song from you, Nick. I have no idea if this game is gonna come out, but this is my this is the one truly limmy pick that I am going to make. And I know that if I didn't make it in the top 10, one of you was going to, I would, I'm not picking that game in a million fucking years. So it's tough. It's, it's especially tough with the new meta game that we have here where our picks are going to be public and they can be bet against as well. So you're the only time that you can truly guarantee that you have a game is in this initial draft. Correct. Exactly. And that makes it tough. Exactly. I had to have it because I can't let y'all pick it up uh, or 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 put a stupid amount of money down on it and end up like blowing my whole budget. Uh, although last year, to be fair, I, I knew I was going to lose. And so I thought, you know what? I'm just going to go hard stand and spend like $80 or something stupid on on dread. All right, I'll go boring. I'll take a total war Warhammer three. They're all like high 80s games. It is what it is. I don't care about this franchise whatsoever, but they're so, so, so consistent. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. It feels like we're getting into the weeds already, and we're not even... Oh, man. It feels like a lot of these options are either risks uh, in the sense that Gotham Knights, how well did the last fucking Batman game review? Well, it's tough, too, because a lot of these games that will probably end up reviewing well maybe are not games that any of us are excited about. No, not at all. So it's hard to put ourselves in that, that perspective. And sometimes they're even risky because they show poorly, but then they review well. Like I think of last year with guardians of the galaxy, nobody thought that was going to be a good game. And even for what it is, I don't think I would enjoy playing it, but for some reason it, it ended up reviewing really well. It ended up People like liked it. game awards. Yeah. Yeah. That would, that's uh madness to me. I have to pick two games here and it really, it feels like, Based on what I know of these games anyway, these all feel like risks either based on the quality or on the release date. Like I could pick Lego Star Wars, but when the fuck is that game coming out? Like you said, it's been delayed and delayed and delayed. And, you know, some of the some of the recent Lego games haven't done exactly well. Yeah, a lot of the Lego games of recent release are sort of low to high seventies. That's not what you want out of a fucking Star Wars game. You know what or I mean? That's from a, a your ten initial draft picks. Yeah, that's not what you want. You guys have really put me in a fucking tough spot here. I'm going Senua's Saga Hellblade 2. And Ooh. I don't know if this game is going to be coming out soon, but it looks insane. They showed more of it at the Game Awards. It looks like fucking madness. 
the first one, I actually don't know what the Open Critics score was on that, but people love that game. Talk about it as being a totally unique experience. I imagine a sequel with with not only more awareness, but a ton of money. 84 on Open. Was This, this is Microsoft backed, right? Yes, they own the studio. Yeah. It feels like something that, 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 I mean, you could always say, oh, they got a bunch of money. They tried to make the game something it wasn't, and they got away from sort of the, the, the root of what made that game special. We're going to throw a ton, like you said, a ton of money at this. The marketing's gonna, already been crazy. Highly anticipated, I would put it. Yeah. Yeah. People are like this game. I'm not happy about that pick. We're in the final stretch. Your second to last opportunity to put put the games on the board that you that you want to put on your board. What a sentence that was. Everything else is a risk. You don't know if you're going to get it. Every, you bid on it. Everything's a risk. That's true. Talk about another risk. Because this could be this this feels like, and again, in the spirit of Nick getting a bunch of seventies, thinking he was drafting a eighty-eight. I'm taking advance wars. Oh, buddy. Oh, those games reviewed really well back in the day. Yeah. Oh, god. I don't know if back in the day will reflect upon today. But, but for a remake, they look they look cheap. They look terrible. They look terrible. Yeah, but the gameplay is what matters here. To give you context. The Game Boy Advance game from 2001 has a Metacritic of 92, and the sequel has a Metacritic of 89. Different uh, times. Yeah. That was 2001, 2003. I'm just for a remake, though. This I'm seems like, like an 80. Nostalgia me. goggles are yeah. could be strong. If it was Advance Wars 3, I think it'd be a no-brainer, maybe even a top a top five. But like to remake these games and have it look, like you said, just cheap and shoddy. And this is a man who's like, Game Freak games look terrible. And now you're like, well, they look terrible, but they'll be fun, right? That's what counts, so... I don't know. Pick a lane. You know why I, I I sort of changed my tune on this is because I got into Brilliant Diamond and actually not 180'd on my my take on the graphics of that game, but softened my my outlook on it and appreciate some of the things they tried to do. I think some of it was sort of ill executed, but um, after playing it, yeah. So so I see this game looks sort of like a cheap mobile game, and I'm like, you know what? If the game is there, I think. I think there's some room for that to be okay. So anyway, that's that's where I'm at with that. Look look at you. Revising your positions, making mature choices. I'll tell you all about my thoughts on Pokemon. We we can get there later. We can save it for next time. You know? It's it's irrelevant now anyway. I, I would maybe buy it for, you know, half off on sale, but with Arceus coming out, I just don't feel like I'm gonna need to scratch that itch again. Nick's thinking really hard. He's leaned forward in his chair. It's just so many things do not have release dates and I do not trust any thing that just says 2022 <laughs> that way lies madness. <laughs> and I have a couple soft picks, but I don't know if I want to, I want to be picking them just yet. I have Hogwarts legacy on my, I mean, come on. I mean, swing my friend swing telling me, dude, don't take Sifu or something dumb. We're going to Chocobo GP, but that's going to be a 65. <laughs> I cannot. I'm going to buy that game. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm going to buy that game. I probably will, too. I I'm probably gonna, will. We can play online together. <laughs> I bet the online will be better than Mario Kart 8. What game is Martha is Dead? Is that the, the sequel to the Snyder's Justice League? What did you hear that name? <laughs> Uh, you love me. Shut up. Listen, I kind of liked BBS in theaters. I came out being like, people who hate this movie are dumb. This is what I'm saying. Whatever your gut tells you, do the opposite. BBS is not without its flaw. Singular? 
It's a DC movie. It's one flaw. Yeah, it's one flaw existing. <laughs> it's a DC movie. Just go fucking watch Batman fight things. And quit being a pussy. You know, that's that was my outlook when I came out of the theater. I was like, yeah, it's fucking. I saw Batman do cool. Batfleck was cool. This movie's fucking stupid. Enjoy it. I I thought he was the best part of an otherwise unwatchable steaming turd. All right, fighting games won't steer me wrong. I chose King of Fighters 15. <laughs> oh, that's a oh. good call. It's a good call. Oh. All four people who buy this game are going to like it just fine. Fortunately, Nick doesn't give a fuck how well it sells. It's like a 78, probably. Oh, let's see. Starfield and Elden Ring, you you really are a, little, a son of a gun here, aren't you? I was really going, I was going to get my damn Elden Ring back, man. I can't believe you picked that number two. Or you picked that one. I picked it one. Quick one. No doubt you're in my one. mind. You're, you're insane. Insane. I, I was... I was, I, I waffled really hard and almost took Breath of the Wild 2. I just think that being that it's a direct sequel, I think that there's not as much frame of reference for how a direct sequel's going to do critically, just because so much of why people thought Breath of the Wild was so great, and it is great, is because it did so many different things with the Zelda formula, with characters we know really well. Um but a sequel doesn't get the same leeway if they don't. They can't just make the same game again. The map, like the 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 overworld, is going to be the same map. They're going to do like the in the, the shadow world or whatever to like, you know, some fucking lame trope that we've seen before to like make it kind of different. But it's like we're really going to spend three hundred hours ex- exploring kind of the same shit, but like different puzzles or whatever. Like that doesn't seem interesting to me. There's no way to me that's another ninety five or higher. There's no way. I think it's for sure going to have dungeons just based on the the very first trailer of them in the subterranean cavern. That can't only be a cutscene. There's going to be dungeons. And I think that the there ha- there has the way be. the way the land gets broken up to like the floating islands, you know, we so we know so little about. Um, and I know that they're not saying the title because it's going to uh, presumably have like major plot implications. I've been wondering if they're going to call it like Breath of the Sky or something like that. And it's going to have like major Skyward Sword tie ins. I don't know. I'm just purely speculating oh. here. Uh, I'm going to take. I'm going to take for spoken. I liked what I saw of it at the Game Awards. It's got a comfortable release date. It's a Squeenix product, so it feels like it, it should be some reliable points for me. Yeah. And their last game was Final Fantasy 15 that this dev made. Yep. And that was a 81. So I think there's likelihood. It does not interest me in any regard. I think a lot of the the dialogue is hot garbage, but it's also kind of par for the course, triple A Western kind of vibe. So it's hard for me to really gauge how well people will actually review that because I got the same vibes from guardians, but look how well that did for us. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Uh, For spoken was on my, my short list. Oh, word. But reading Reddit posts sort of, Stuff in the last two months, is, things have trickled out. Sort of seems concerning to me, so so I I, I crossed it off. Yeah, eighth pick. Um, yeah, eight and late, eight and late. And I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna go against my better judgment a little bit here. This is definitely a this is definitely some very wishful thinking on my part. Oh God, am I really gonna do this? No, everything that just came out of my mouth tells me not to do this. I'm not doing it. <laughs> do it. it no and i'm not going to tell you which game it is either um 
Got to keep those cards close to your chest, bud. I do. I can't believe just, you haven't taken Lego Star Wars yet. You you had it last year. We've spent you're on pick eight. A fairly large amount of time talking about how this game is practically vaporware at this point. It's, are you saying I've, one of my opinions has swayed you? Yeah, you're right. Fuck you. I'm taking Lego Star Wars. Uh, he didn't want to admit it. He didn't want Y'all to admit funny. it. I respect it. I respect the hate. Y'all are funny. <laughs> Chris, you and I are sitting here pissing on each other. Nick is just determined to win. I'm going to let you in on a little secret that... I've worked very hard over a lot of years to submerge what Nick might remember used to be a very fast temper. I don't know if that ever, like, if you ever saw that in the past times. Um, I also don't like to lose. <laughs> I hate it. Uh, I, I am I am solidly fifty percent salt. Um, just in my entire the stakes have never been higher with this Burger King crown on the line. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I better get a laminated Burger King crown. I am also extremely competitive to the point of like the detriment of my relationships. And this is just a testament to me as an almost 30 year old man over a competition that is literally meaningless. And it's just for fun with my friends resisting the urge to gloat. And I don't just mean the two texts I sent in the group chat that were pretty benign, but I mean, 10 years ago, Nick and I might be having some words over this, you know, which would be incredibly petty and stupid uh, on my part, but uh, I'm going to go ahead <laughs> <laughs> I'll take Shredder's Revenge. Okay. Shredder's okay. Revenge. Yep, for okay. an eighth pick. Yeah, that's a good that's a good eight. Are you on nine? Yeah, that was no, that was pick nine. Yeah, that's a good that's a good pick nine. Suicide Squad Kills the Justice League feels like one of those games that is gonna try way too fucking hard to be like Edgelord bullshit, just like the Suicide Squad. But like kind of the way Nick felt about Guardians of the Galaxy last year, it feels like this game's gonna be trying pretty hard to be that way. Yeah. And and thus a seventy, but 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 Guardians got me rethinking. Did you not like the James Gunn Suicide Squad? Oh, I thought the mo- I thought that was uh, a a fine movie. It was fun. It's certainly better than anything else DC has tried to do in the last eight years. Yeah, it was a blast. Yeah, it was like their their first W since the first Wonder Woman. I would say, and even that was a little bit weak at the last the last like little act. Oh, that the final boss fight with Professor Lupin and his fucking lightning armor was fucking <laughs> terrible. Oh well, Suicide Squad feels like just. Like I said, Edgeward bullshit. Really strange sort of sort of take on it being like a multiplayer kind of game too. It seems like a a weird sort of genre mashup. I'm not sure how well it'll pay off for them. It looks bad, yeah. man. I didn't like what they showed. Midnight Suns is gonna get delayed. Come on. Oh yeah. It got delayed like a week after it got a release date. Yeah, there's so there's no shots actually actually coming out this year. Gotham Knights, same thing. Feels like just such so up in the air. Says the man who drafted freaking Hogwarts Legacy and Kirby. <laughs> well, Kirby is definitely going to come out this year. Nintendo doesn't have a lot sure, slated. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I, know, I know. Hogwarts is definitely the the fucking the risk. I'm going to take Stray. It feels like for a game that's supposed to be of this it's scope, there's no reason it should be delayed into 2023. Sure. I'm a cat boy. I love me some cats. This looks this looked cute and fun. So, uh, well, the cinematic looked cute. We don't know what this game is, but yeah, nobody knows. Probably some sort of fucking puzzle exploration game. Mm-hmm. Heartwarming. Yeah. So so that's uh, that pick. Is this my last pick I'm about to pick? Yeah. Right then we get into the CPs. Oh, see, I, oh, man. The, and the pressure's on with the counter picks being if you any unused counter pick slots is automatic minus 15 points. Well, we got to use two now. 
Scares me. We don't have a choice Scares about that. Me. Scares me. Last pick. Okay. The fuck is Shovel Knight dig? I don't even know. I see Shovel Knight. I'm not going to fall for it. I'm not going to fall for it. <laughs> you, can't, you can't get me again. Do I just go Ghostwire Tokyo here, boys? Do I just do it and just commit to my last year's pick? You got to live your truth, bro. You're real hot on it last year. I said don't pick Sifu, but that actually got some like decent early impressions. But that's probably that's probably like a 78. It's not like a that's not an 85. No, you know. Absolver got a 73. Their last game. I think that's why I rely on you. You're trying to win, but you're helping me. You know. Hey, it's all you know public knowledge. I'm not. It's not like I have the inside scoop on the Metacritic or Open Critic score on these games. Yeah. You too can control T and do some searching yourself. <laughs> well, I'm going to go Dying Light 2. I talked shit about it early in the draft, but for a pick 10, the, yeah. the swing and the hope that this is an improvement in every way on the original, which were people liked, but was only in the 70s, uh, I think, on Open Critic. So My only uh, reason why I did not go for Dying Light 2 um, is that this game has been in development hell and like writers leaving the game, a lot of shakeups. Seems like they're just barely getting the game out. That could be, that but could it could rough. still be really fantastic. Like I, I honestly believe it could be like it's one of those games that could be a ninety or a sixty. Like really, that, I don't. Ninety seems completely unreasonable. I'll be lucky to to get a squeeze an eighty out of it. But for a pick ten, getting a ten points out of it, I'd be very happy with. I'm gonna go risky. I'm picking Redfall. Oh, interesting. I did not have faith in that development studio last year when I counterpicked Deathloop. And I paid the price for it. I don't. I, I know nothing about that game. It's like the real goosebumpsy, fucking spoopy looking game. Kind of like a multiplayer sort of Left 4 Dead, but also open world. Oh, oh, it's the it's the vampire. Yeah. Oh man, I'm. Yeah, we're really chumming the waters here in these last couple of. Well, I mean, it's ten. You know, we didn't save the juicy stuff for the end. We got that first first round. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna take Ghostwire. If I get between like seven to 10 points out of that game, I think that's perfectly fine. There's not anything else on here that I look at and go, yeah, that's points. And I've got 10 additional picks and a hundred bucks worth of dollars to make some swings later in the year. But I just looked at some of the stuff that was left and was like, I don't, I don't know about this. Like I was kicking the tires on, uh, this uh, Final Fantasy one revisit Stranger of Paradise was kind of like, man, that game's probably going to be really fun, but I don't know if it's going to review very well. And it was a meme so fast after the first trailer. Just like, am I really going to spend a draft pick on this? I don't know. Well, I drafted, I counterpicked Hollow Knight, hoping that it doesn't come out this year. And based on how little we've heard about it, it seems like it's probably a safe bet. It gets pushed another year. I could be totally fucking wrong and I'll be losing 24 points on this. But we're hoping that we hear about it come Game Awards and it releases early next year. And there's no fucking way Senua Saga comes out this year. You nice. don't think? Sorry, bud. No. Yeah, no. I don't think so either. No. Nope. Yeah, I think that they put everything that they've done development-wise so far was on that, like, quote-unquote, like, live game footage. I, I totally agree. That game's not coming out. And I'll tell you, though, I Hollow Knight feels like a game where they, they could come out at E3 or or just have their own little event or whatever and go... Okay, game's done. It's ready to come out. That would not surprise me at all. Um, I feel I feels like it's about it's about at that point that the next time we see it, they're gonna have a date attached to it. I, I just it, Senua came out five years ago, and and Senua two got announced three years ago, and we're we're not thinking it's coming out. 
They're making like three or four games currently. It just seems crazy to me that we, we don't expect the sequel to a critically acclaimed game to be coming out five years. I mean, you're the one that bet on it, so. Yeah, I did. I, I think, I mean, it, it very well could get pushed. Things are crazy right now. Things are still crazy. But five years. I'm going to uh, take, I, I'm going to counterpick Hogwarts Legacy for similar reasons. Either either it's not coming out this year or at worst, I'm going to lose like a couple of points. I, I don't think that game's going to be good. Hey, consider that Nick, if he hadn't counterpicked me at all, he would have smoked me. But he can't even even one he counterpicked me and lost eight points and that was enough to lose to me. He's got to counterpick something though. That's true. Yeah, and that's, that's true. for sure. We're only doing two. Oh, this goes snake style too. Okay. When did Hollow Knight come out? Is that 2017 as well? 20, 2016, I believe. 2016. Late twenty sixteen. Five years ago. Talk about small developer. I mean, Hollow Knight's even smaller, but they don't have that big ass Microsoft money. Yeah, they have like two actual devs. Yeah. So at the studio, I think two or three. Sure. Plus, like you know, contributors. Man, I don't. Oh, I don't feel great about counterpicking any of these. It feels pretty bad. It feels <laughs> it, pretty yeah. bad, dude. I, I, I don't. They all feel bad <laughs> options. I mean, I even think back to last year, knowing what we know now, and it didn't feel good back then either. It, it honestly feels like we're all losing points on counterpicks this year. So I'm gonna put my. Where does it hurt the least? Yeah, I'm going to put my money where my opinions are. Uh, I don't think Advance Wars <laughs> is cracking 70 points. Totally fair. It could really go a multitude of ways. Yeah, that, that could be like <laughs> it's a, risky. a three-point swing for me if that's like a 67. And I might need those points because I'm trying to fucking win this year. <laughs> I know what I'm counterpicking, and I hope Nick doesn't do it because I feel like... Oh, good. So it's one of mine. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much obviously. Yeah, any of these, any of these games... Um, on Chris's list or he's going to lose his points um, after Hollow Knight. So it really is just a matter of how many points, it, it, how do we mitigate the damage? There's like four on Chris's board that I feel like you might counterpick, but none of them are something I am. Wow. Entirely. Yeah, I, I see. Entirely sold on. I would probably feel more comfortable counterpicking some of my own than I would. It's like, what the fuck does that say? <laughs> just, just, can you, just can, a, can you do that? Can you just dude, counterpick no, yourself into an infinite loop until you win the league? <laughs> no, no, it's not. It's not how that works. You would win and lose the same amount of points. It's just a bit, Nick. I know, I know, I know. Dying Light, I'm not, like I said, it could be a 90 or a 60. Like, it really could be a really great game. I would be happy if I counterpicked something that's like below an 80. <laughs> yeah. Because, uh, Chris, I don't know if you're in here, but if you have unused counterpicks by the end of the year, you automatically lose 15 points per counterpick. Yeah. Which they did not make clear on the page. Maybe it was part of the FAQ, and I just didn't scroll down that far. Son of a bitch, dude. This is such a, a mean list of games. It's really tough. Like, and it's not even a bunch of games that I think are going to be fantastic, but I just don't... It's the fear of losing points. Like, you know, this 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 pot shield that I that I picked up, I don't want it to break. But it's also worthless. You know, it's really tough that I have to deal with that as a gamer. And because of that, I think Breath of the Wild is a is a 60 or whatever. <laughs> EJ, I'm portraying your point of view. I'm being very generous. Wow. No, I just don't want to fall into the trap of only counterpicking one person. Oh, he's trying to so be how, a how's gamesman. The, how's the spread right now? How's the spread right now? Hogwarts and Advance Wars. Chris is both <laughs> both in on EJ. I've got yeah. one on EJ. Yeah, so EJ's had three. Chris? EJ's had a full 50% of all available counterpicks. 
To be fair, the only reason I won the league last year is because y'all gang up on me. So it worked. It worked out fine for me. I'll, I'll you, take it again, bro. I wasn't trying to gang up on you. You know that sounds like some younger sibling talk right there. It worked You're out all for ganging me. up on me. They're ganging up on me. They're being mean to me. Yeah, shut up, Joey. <laughs> EJ's uh, got big twenty-nine-year-old energy coming into this draft. <laughs> Listen. It's the last year of my 20s. I'm trying to end it strong, boys. I'm trying to start year 30 off right, and that's with two in a row. All right? Jiggle Softworks coming in hot. Hold on. I got to do it. I have to make some... I have to do a, do a research for an informed decision. That's more than any of us can say. I enjoy the fact that your league name, uh, your developer name, EJ, has both Jiggle and Soft in it. That was the joke, Chris. That was the intent. It's a good joke. It's a great joke, even. Uh, <laughs> it's a great joke. <laughs> yeah, I had to go with that, you know? Okay. I'm counterpicking Ghostwire. Oh, you don't think, think it's coming we out? Not, we do not know enough about this game. I think, I mean, I think it'll probably come out, but we still don't know anything about it. And it's a very inconsistent developer. And the lead for it left the studio not long ago. Yeah, it was, um, I can't remember her first name, but Nakamura, I think is her last name. She was the one at the Bethesda E3 that came out and was really bubbly and excited and had kind of poor English, but she was just really happy and everyone loved it. And then she left the studio not long after that. So it's got um, Mikami is the lead of, of the, the game now, I believe, who's the Resident Evil guy who started Tango and is, you know, the whole studio history with evil within being mostly like a return to form for resident evil when resident evil wasn't doing that, but now resident evil is doing it. So what's the studio worth? It's just like Microsoft's only Japanese studio. So are they going to try to be like, okay, we want this game to be great. So to like, you know, delay it as long as possible. Are we trying to make it more actiony? Like, I think we don't know anything about the game too. So it's, it's really up in the air. I, I, I feel okay counterpicking it. It could easily become, you know, a great game. It could be death loop for me. But even at this point, when we drafted last year, we knew more about death loop than we know about Ghostwire. EJ, not to influence your decision here, but I do want to point out that because I uh, counterpicked you two times, Nick has not been counterpicked. I, you know, I was looking at Nick, but Nick's, I mean, the only risky ones that I have as far as like when they'll release are also very risky about their score. Yeah, I'm looking at Tunic and Redfall. Everything else seems like a pretty safe bet. All of his his regular games. Um, yeah, I might have. I mean, Stalker maybe, but it worries me. And on the other hand, you've got for Spoken feels like it could be a 71, and that would be great for me. Or I could lose 10 points on it. You've also got Pokemon, which you know, again, WarioWare, Mario Golf, and BDSP all scored in the 70s for Nick. And I know this is a new Put thing. Your money where your mouth is, then EJ. Well, that's yeah, I mean, the thing that's... is, is I'm trying to think how how are the reviewers going to look at this? Redfall's not going to be good. Redfall, I, I, you don't think? I I, I might have gone. I might have picked that if I'd have taken a couple more seconds to uh, think about that. But no, I feel good with the Advance Wars pick. I just think it's it's a Left for Dead like brought to you by the folks who made Death Loop and Prey and like all those highly acclaimed games, those arcane games, you know. I don't know if it'll be good for like what I'm interested in in the game, but I think it's got a very high likelihood of reviewing very well. Even Back for Blood, which was sort of admittedly a light game, got in the high to mid 80s, mid to high 80s. I also think that Deathloop overperformed with critics, 
probably based Certainly. on the actual kind of game that it actually it's it's a fine experience if that's what you're into. This seems like you know, you said sort of a Left for Dead sort of um, arcadey. This this could could be a seventy for me. So that definitely is on the radar here. I feel like putting my money where my mouth is a Pokemon, but again, the Nintendo sort of Pokemon tax that that is applied. You know, when reviewers are just too generous with these sort of things. Yeah, it cuts both ways though. Like you said with BDSP. Yeah, that was yeah, a seventy-seven. Seventy-five. Seventy-five. Yeah. That will be a very yeah. safe counterpick if it scores in that range. But do you really think this is going to review as low as some cheap looking but very fun Pokemon remakes? I know you're really, really working me hard right now to try to get me to go counterpick Nick. Actually, I would love for you to counterpick Arceus and lose 10 points is what I would like you to do. My thing is, despite how bad I think Arceus is going to be, and bad is relative to my own expectations, it's just probably going to be a fucking 75 to 80, and it's going to be mediocre and not for any of us. I'm going to buy it. I'm fucking sure you will. And you also think Last Jedi is fucking great, so this is a pointless argument to have right now. I am going to counterpick Redfall. (laughs) The draft is complete. I would like to take just a moment for our initial you know, 30 games that we drafted. 10 of them are coming out. Before the end of April. Confirmed. There are unconfirmed release dates for early 2022. Wow. So we're pretty stacked for this first half. I did uh, keep track of our busiest quarters last year. And most of our releases were during the summer and the fall. We had a very weak opening quarter. That is not the case here because of how things, everything got delayed. But we have a lot of potential for pickups throughout the year. This will be very interesting. We're going to have a lot of fun. I'm already I'm already feeling feeling the juice. I'm salivating at the thought. Hell yeah. Yeah, and I'm excited. I mean, I'm going to be playing I feel like a lot of these games. I'm going to be playing Cuphead a few ever of them. gets their physical release on Switch. Jesus god, oh I've been waiting god. for that for years. We'll see. The yellow box, can you imagine? Can you imagine? It's already confirmed. No, they already said they're going to release it once the DLC's out. So Ooh. Even just looking at my list Horizon, God of War, Mario Rabbit, Splatoon three, and then the the sort of uh, the drop off. <laughs> well, well, no, even Hogwarts Legacy is sort of the flyer, and then Advance. I mean, this is that's like all the games I'll play next year. That's it. Like if I play that many, you know, mm-hmm. Horizon and God of War are, are day ones for me. And it, yes, yeah, you, you picked very close to your heart. Yeah, I'm I'm proud of you. I came around to God of War. I came around third time to charm. I wish we had done our God of War pod because I had so many things to say about that game, but now it's it's all lost to me being 30 and my brain doesn't work anymore. So It's all old news. I played that game like four years ago. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I platinumed that game like the week it came out. This is also when we talked about doing the... We did the DKC pod. We did the KOTOR pod, which has yeah. <laughs> never been edited. <laughs> um, yeah, by the time the remake comes out, you guys can release it. I mean, it almost feels like we you might as well just do that. It never got edited because I had to archive it onto a, a drive somewhere um, to free up space on my my laptop when I was working on the road, and I just never... I don't even know which drive it's on now. It still exists. That's good. But, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I, probably, I'm pretty sure I deleted my copy of the audio. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Not that I contributed much. I really enjoyed... Really, really fucking enjoyed picking a game and then going and playing it, whether that was DKC or especially KOTOR. I put 80 hours on the KOTOR to do that pod. Mm-hmm. I would love to pick another game or two this year to do where we just decide to all play it 
and uh, you know a legacy title of some kind. Especially with the the games being added to the N sixty four online, I mean, as much of a trash fire the emulation Ooh. seems to be, it's still like a lot of fun to play. And I'm having Paper Mario, I'm still having a good time, just like playing around Paper Mario. Oh, stuff, I would know? love to play that game again. Oh, I'd love to. Is that is that out? Is it out right now? Yeah, came out in December. Holy shit! Upgrade your thing, man. Let's do it. Let's do Paper Mario. No, Let's I did. I'm pay. I'm paying for it. I played the Genesis a bunch. I haven't touched the sixty four though. The sixty four is unfortunate that you can't remap the controls. But it's it's fairly playable. Most of the games that I've been playing are not intensive on the C buttons, but I'm like at Zora's Domain in Ocarina of Time, and I've got the I just got the the action command in Paper Mario, so like almost to the first area of the Koopa Fortress or whatever. Nice. It's not a big deal in Paper Mario like whatsoever, but there are other games I can imagine it'll be a little irritating to try and. To try and uh, I really calibrate. I really hope they fix that because it's it's that's not great. I would love to at least remap the controls. Yeah. For God's sake. Uh, so should uh, we break down what we all what we all picked and let the audience know? Yeah. All right. So our boy Chris, do you want to tell the audience what you picked and counterpicked? Absolutely. Uh grabbed Elden Ring and Starfield pretty quick. I think Elden Ring's a slam dunk. I think Starfield, I feel a little weird about if that's going to release or not, but I think, <laughs> right, right. I think right. if they, if they get, does have a release date and it is all that Bethesda is working on right now. And so if, if that does release, I think that's big money for me. Um, uh, as with last year, I grabbed uh, Cuphead, the delicious last course again, follow up to a very successful, very well polished, interesting uh, game. And we know that's coming out. Uh, uh, Plague Tale Requiem, sort of, uh, the first one was kind of a, kind of an indie darling, sort of this like very macabre and, uh, uh, a weird visualization and physicalization of, of, of plague and good and evil triangle strategy. Just my love for Octopath Traveler. Uh, I was goaded into, uh, picking Pokemon Legends. I, truthfully, I probably would have picked it anyway, uh, sooner than later. Uh, I, I think it's going to be a solid game. I think it's going to breathe some uh much needed life into the stale pokemon formula uh big balls gilly four came out to draft hollow knight silk song and uh that game's not coming out this year uh but if it does if it does ej's in big fucking trouble lest you forget that was my that was my number one pick oh, last year. Oh, I remember. I remember. Um, so <laughs> if if that if that comes out, um, EJ is going to be up shit creek because that's going to be a massive, massive, massive uh, hit to him for counterpicking it. Uh, for Spoken, new Square Enix IP. They showed a little bit of the game awards. I think it'll be a solid like high 70s or low 80s for me. Uh, Lego Star Wars also drafted that last year. Uh, also did not come out last year. Uh, I just feel like there's no way that game takes another 12 months to, to finish since it's basically just yeah, upscales of all the existing Lego star Wars games. I think it's a new game. I think it's all those. I think it's, it's all new. Pretty sure. Oh, new engine and everything. Well, still it's a fucking Lego game. It can't possibly take another 12 months. Please don't take another 12 months. And then, uh, uh, uh <laughs> ghost, Ghostwire Tokyo. Some good buzz around that. Um, supposed to come out, uh, it's supposed to come out this year. Um, I, you know, we should see more about that in the next like three to four buds. I would hope. And that'll be an E3. Uh, yeah. Uh, I counterpicked the shit out of EJ. Uh, Hogwarts legacy is not coming out. Uh, and if it does come out, it's gonna be bad. Uh, I just don't, I do not imagine how that game is going to be, is going to be, 
uh, any good if it releases because we've seen nothing on it in like a year, a year and a half. To be fair, the leak for this game was five years ago, right? 2017. It's been a while. They've been working on it for a while. It feels like 20, it's it's either 2022 or this is an Elden Ring thing. This is going to be Q1 2023, which would suck, but we're we're there. This game can't take that long to fucking develop. It's not a 10-year dev cycle for a shitty Harry Potter game. This is going to be a quick 80. It has to happen sooner than later. Let's just get it over with. Rip off the right. band-aid. And last, <laughs> last and definitely least, uh, Advance Wars, this, this sort of really cheesy bad art style remake ish of the two admittedly very good advanced wars games i just don't see how this collection is going to be worth a damn feels like it's got WarioWare all over it uh or like mario golf all over it i just it's not gonna be good so that's me i think the one thing i would say for advanced wars is that the dev behind it is pretty well liked and i i trust way forward so i i was similarly sort of I don't know. I d- didn't have strong feelings about the art style, but I think it I think it has the potential to look pretty cute and uh still be really good. Cuz those those games are well loved. I think it's I think those can score very well. Uh I drafted The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild 2. They said 2022. They didn't say that in 2019. They said that last year. Uh who am I to say it won't come out this year? And none of y'all had the balls to counterpick it. You can still counterpick it. You can, you know, that could yeah. still happen. We got two slots left. Still got two slots left. I don't know how that works as far as if a game is delayed, if I can get that free drop or if it's, it's going to get locked out. We don't know. Uh, Gran Turismo 7. It's a racing game. Sony first party. Should be good. Bayonetta 3. The last couple Bayonettas reviewed really well, like shockingly well. Uh, I don't remember how Astral Chain did. I think that was a mid 80s game, but different team within the studio, I think. Anyway, uh, Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak, the expansion pack for a game I really loved and a lot of people really loved. Stalker 2, sort of a double A darling, I, I would say. Eastern European dev, very sort of PC centric. I think the, the, the hardcore PC nerds are going to boost that game up pretty high. Also getting a console launch. Uh, Total War, Warhammer 3. Just consistency, you know, it'll probably review really well. I'll never play it or be interested in playing it because those Total War games are crazy. Uh, King of Fighters 15, similarly, fighting game, fighting game fans like fighting games. Probably review pretty well. And then uh, Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge. Is that way for- That's not way forward. That's uh, the other studio that does the pixel art games, the beat-em-ups, right? Is that the studio that did um, Scott Pilgrim? I have no idea. Tribute. Right, I think it's tribute games. It's doing that. Looks really cool. Really great pixel art. And then Tunic and Redfall. Uh, Tunic being the indie Zelda-like, very cute art style. Uh, Redfall, Arcane Studios doing a Left 4 Dead, but like more open world kind of vibes. And then I counterpicked Sinuous Saga Hellblade 2 because I do not think that game's coming out this year. And Ghostwire Tokyo. I have not seen enough to really make me feel like they even know what they're making let alone something that's good. So I just have no confidence in it. The hype around games like Horizon and God of War, I think there's this disconnect where based on the hype uh, and and sort of the buildup since those games came out, your brain says 90, 90, 90, right? There's no way these games do worse than their previous games. 
But I think what we see with all these sequels is that they almost unilaterally do worse than their predecessors. It's tough. It's tough when it's a because for God of War, for instance, God of War in 2018 was not the first game in a series. It was one of many, but it was a new sort of take on it. It was a new game. And you could say the same for Breath of the Wild and what they're doing. And it's hard to sort of use past as precedent with games like this. Because it's just a every game is wildly different and the 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 instances that lead up to them are very different. So I think of a lot of games get better with their sequels. But I do not think that these games were really breaking the mold in a lot of ways that could be refined into a greater sequel. Breath of the Wild, I think, has a higher ceiling for that. But God of War was a tried and true sort of formula. Horizon Forbidden West was a very tried and true sort of formula. Interesting sort of takes with like the monster battling. And I think they have a higher ceiling because of that from one to two. But this is not, you know, Assassin's Creed doing a new thing and then Assassin's Creed 2 refining it and actually finding what the the series is about. I, and I totally agree with you in that sense. And I, I but I disagree that, you know, something like God of War did so well because because of its storytelling, we hadn't right. really seen a game of that the one-shot scope. thing is so cool. It is very it's cool. So cool. But we haven't seen anything sort of of the uh, that scope. To me, it's it's like Last of Us. Last of Us was lauded as like Oh, you've never seen a game do this with a narrative. This is this is completely reinvented how video games tell stories. And you can agree or disagree with that, but that's sort of what that game did. And then the second game comes out, and it's objectively, as far as a, a game goes, every single aspect of that game is better than the first. But no one gave a shit because they could not top that narrative. They, they couldn't go back and, and reinvent that wheel. Um, and e- even if they could, the sort of, nostalgia goggles right the public perception you're not going to win that battle last of us 2 did not score demonstrably worse than last of us 1 that actually shocks the shit out of me so last of us is too old to be on on open critic but on on metacritic last of us the first one was a 95 last of us part 2 is a 93 that seems so much higher than based on the the conversations that were being had for something like Twitter or YouTube or just social media discussions in general, Reddit, any of those, the harsh criticism will definitely rise to the top, which is why you see everyone, everyone throwing a shit fit about Pokemon, but then it reviews pretty well. Maybe not really diamond shining pearl, but like sword and shield pretty well reviewed games. It sold remarkably. The sales and the reviews do not reflect the public opinion or the internet opinion. And it's hard to sort of get a gauge of like what the, the populace thinks. Because 10,000 nerds on the internet on these specific forums can make you think that nobody likes this game, but then the reviews say it's a different thing, the sales say a different thing. So it is tough. I, I agree with you there. But Last of Us Part 2 maybe didn't sell as well as the first one. I'm not sure, actually, but reviewed really well. Yeah. And it was a good game. It, it had some serious narrative issues, but as far as being an actual game, whereas the first game you played for the story... And it was a slog. The second game was a, a really well-crafted game that I actually enjoyed playing. And the narrative, you, know, you take or leave. So anyway, God of War to me feels like it can only go downhill. I, I don't see how God of War possibly tops the first one. Uh, Horizon, again, if it's the same world, 
you definitely aren't going to be able to top the narrative the second time around. So it, it again seems like it can only go downhill. That could still be a, a an eighty five, which is great. Eighty five points for a first pick, I'll take all day. Uh, but anyway, after God of War and Horizon, uh, I picked my Rabbids. Seems safe. Splatoon three, if that comes out, that seems safe. Um, I could see a little like uh, fatigue, reviewer fatigue, if a game doesn't do enough new stuff because Splatoon one and two. I mean, Splatoon two did well even despite it really being the same, basically a port of Splatoon 1, right? Yeah, but first year Switch, you know, a lot of people are just high on playing a new Switch game. You know, it could be a little scary. It has, I think it has a a, a potentially low floor. Splatoon does not have a low floor. I think at lowest, Splatoon 3 is going to be like a 75 to an 80. 75 would be a disastrous for a, th- a fourth pick Nintendo game. But the game's going to be fine. Like, you're right. The game's going to be you know perfectly playable and we're all going to buy it. But as far as the league is concerned, yeah. Um, Hogwarts Legacy is really my only like big flyer. I took taking that fifth. That could be I don't think it so scores below a seventy. That would be crazy to me. It's are too- you second are you second guessing based on quality or based on it actually releasing? Quality. I think not second guessing, but just like feeling sure. some consternation. Quality, I think I mean it, it, it very well might not come out this year. It wouldn't shock me if it didn't, but it feels like after five years, this seems like the year for it. Um, but no, just quality wise, like it could, you know, it, no way it's below 70 in my eyes. We each only had one game below 70 all of last year. You know what I mean? So it seems like for a game with this sort of budget, it would be shocking. Um, but for a five pick, if this was a 71 or 75, it'd be disappointing. Do you want to know what their last game they made was? No. <laughs> what is it? I do. It was cars three driven to win. <laughs> wow. Before that, they were the Disney Infinity Studio. Yeah. Bodes. This is a big sea change for them. I mean, it was pretty much all Disney sort of uh, tie-in games. They did Dragon Ball Z Sagas. Did you like that game? Uh, Sagas is widely regarded as the worst Dragon Ball game ever. And there are a lot of them. They did did that. So this game is going to be terrible. And I wish I knew that going into it because I wouldn't pick this game. So that's, that's unfortunate. Kirby in the Forgotten Land. Thanks for ruining my night, Nick. Um. Uh. Again, scary only in the sense that it's Kirby's first foray into 3D. It's gonna be good. That could be a Mario Odyssey success, or it could be a I don't know a middling Kirby game. I mean, yeah, like a high 70s. Sure. Uh, Senua Saga seems like it should review really well. It's just like you said, does it come out this year? Again, five years. Uh, big studio money. This could get Elden Ring, but it feels like it's perfectly reasonable to expect this in 2022. This is not a Silk Song of last year. This is not a Breath of the Wild 2. This seems like a perfectly reasonable pick. Yeah. Advance Wars, Chris, you made a lot of good points. It's a ninth pick. What do you do? What do you do with it? Right? Dying Light 2, same thing. That gets me 75. I'm not going to lose sleep over it. We got a lot of room for pickups here. Um, And then I got Stray, sort of the indie swinger, whatever. It's It seems... Uh, if anything, this was really just fulfilling one of my new game slots so that I don't have to stress about it later in the year, you know, when we're all fighting over. Oh, you guys both filled your new game slots, actually. Yeah, unintentionally. That wasn't like what I was looking at. It was just how the, the dice kind of fell. Nice. I counterpicked Hollow Knight without even thinking twice, just anticipating this being delayed again. And that could absolutely fucking ruin me. It's not delayed if it's not announced. True. Or release. Well, that's true. Either way. It coming out this year probably doesn't feel totally uh, reasonable. And then Redfall, which I feel just as 
probably bad counterpicking as you did picking it. It's like, whatever. This could be the death loop of 2022, or this could be the fucking Biomutant. That's not Biomutant, bro. It could be. It could be. I don't think Arcane really puts out big stinkers. They had that one spinoff that they helped on, but I don't think they were even the lead dev on for uh, that Wolfenstein Youngblood, I think they helped with, but I don't, I don't, that was a different Bethesda too, you know? Yeah. Oh, well. All right, boys, that's a good draft. Console Crusade, guys. Uh, find us on the internet. You can uh, email us at console underscore crusade at gmail.com. Is that right? Feedback at consolecrusade.com. Yeah, that's the one. That works too. Paper Mario. We're playing Paper Mario this month. Let's do a yep. pod next month with Paper Mario. Kotor pod is coming out. Great. Count me down, brother. 